It's podcasting time, guys. Hey. Hi. It's laser time. Almost. <laughs> uh, episode 77. No, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's Cape Crisis, issue number 37. And yeah, Chris. No. There it is. What? Is it 37? Oh, you want a sound effect? Every time I say 37. It's, oh. Uh, 37? Yeah. In a row? Yeah. Takes a us row? back to Talk Radar 37. Oh, I wish I, I was... still had that on here. Uh, sorry, it's been a long day, hasn't it, folks? Yes. Oh, boy. Yes, these are, but these are the days of long days. Sometimes I just want to, you know, jump out a window. Just really? Here's, here's a window. Anyway, well, I didn't, I didn't, uh, that did hurt, though. <laughs> it's not if you land like that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, I, like, I, a, sounds like a treat. Yes, you'd have to land on an uh, awning. Which we don't hey, play. everybody, I'm Henry Gilbert. H E N E R E Y G on Twitter. And, I'm uh, Batista, A C A R T O double E N Christmas dot com. That's right, co-host, co-host, regular on the regular, Chris Antista. Hi, everybody. One of my favorite guests, Brett Smelston Elston. Oh, come on. Hey, Brelston. Hi, Brelston on Twitter, spelled like it sounds. And then one of my second favorite guests after oh, Brad. Really? You're going to have Dave. me listed twice as no. your first and second favorite guest? <laughs> uh, Dave Rudder Rudden. Oh, thank you. I Dave. am I H A C O M I X on Twitter. Uh, no, I'm Dave Rudden on Twitter. I know. I know, guys. Look. Yes, I'm Dustin Hoffman's erection on Twitter. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, a good one. We actually take that one. <laughs> no, I, what would he tweet about? I refuse to. <laughs> Well, you would not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't tweet women very over, often. Women would, over forty finds attractive. You <laughs> wouldn't tweet very often because he doesn't get erections that much. Except with Barbara Streisand. So. I rubbed up against fathers. Helen Mirren today at the Vanity Fair party. And you guys, I think I might actually like end up watching during Christmas break the uh, the guilt trip with my mom. The, uh, that, that seems so the, you. It seems the perfect film to watch. I do imagine your mother is Barbara Streisand. I don't know <laughs> She's why. She's not. I'm not Jewish. I know. Well, I know. isn't what about Francine? What's she going to be doing? No, nope, no, nope, not on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh God. Sorry. Hey. Understood. So, what are we going to talk about? Well, first things we <laughs> always me, talk buddy. about is what have we been reading? Nothing. Skip me. Really? Um, I mean, read so, I, that's not true. There was a big, dumb sale. I actually bought a bunch of Archie comics. <laughs> uh, I, I did find it like a fascinating Is project. Archie, Archie. Like, yeah. They, well, they had they had like a kid friendly sale on Comicsology, and like I already own the Fraggle Rock. But the, uh, the 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 Archie marries Betty, and Archie marries Veronica. I remember you telling me about that. Mm-hmm. And like finally. Even if it's an alternate universe thing, deciding on one or the other and seeing how that pans out yeah. is an interesting concept. I've been some at some point in my life minorly invested in the relationships between those three characters. <laughs> Why not? Why, Why not, not check it up? Why not? Why not check it up? I uh, man, I was I was always more interested in Jughead. I like him. I, and I've been reading Ultimate Spider-Man. I figured what I was going to get you for your birth, Brett, hmm? is getting rid of his <laughs> analog Ultimate Spider-Mans. I got rid of all of them, and well, they're all in my house. Yeah. Except I kept the issues with any black costume in it. Yep, yeah. I did notice that when I got to issue 100, the pivotal 100 issue, and like it wasn't uh, in the stack. Oh, <laughs> I kept 100 because it's 100. You so. son of a bitch. I had to buy that digitally. It cost me up to two <laughs> grand cents. Hey, yeah, Brett, are you gonna drop the? Um, are you gonna drop your final real life comic with Amazing Spider-Man 700? 
that will very likely be the last physical comic I buy for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Except I am really enjoying lately, and I guess as far as what I'm reading now, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I flew so much this whole year. And boy, your arm's tired? No, they're fine. But I would buy a lot of uh, <laughs> digital comics and mm. read them on iPad and yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's how I've been reading most stuff. But um, because I want to save those because I fly so much, and hopefully <laughs> next year won't won't be that way. Mm-hmm. But like because I flew so much now, I would purposely save digital comics for when I'm going to be on a plane because I, I want as much as I can read. So I'd buy a lot of new trades and collections. So while I'm not buying issues weekly or even monthly anymore, I have been buying like about the Clone Saga. Uh, the original Clone Saga oh, thing. I bought the Hobgoblin Lives 90s thing uh, that, you, that, we, that, that we talked about last time I yes. was here, and I was yeah. like, I went home and bought it that night. Now it finally will make sense to you. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saving that to read while I go home, and so uh-huh. I've been reading a lot of just... And I, I, back to what I've been reading. Well, hang on. <laughs> and I've been tweeting a lot of pictures uh, mm-hmm. where I'll find like a goofy out-of-context thing, and I keep tweeting them. Oh, right your ser- stupid old shit. You, you yeah, so like I've go back and found like the Marvel masterworks of like the Chris Claremont new X-Men stuff like I never actually read that where Wolverine and Nightcrawler and uh, Colossus first go and join the Storm. X-Men Storm and it's just been kind of fun going back and reading this stuff that's like shouted from the rooftops and like Shakespearean acting and it's all completely sincere yeah it gives and- you when you actually when you actually read the issues like as they came out instead of just I I found that when I bought the um this Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus, vol- Omnibus Volume 2 that's like issues 39 through 80. Mm. And I'd always seen these pages as like, I'd only see just the most important moments from those pages. Yeah. Not every single page of every issue. Like, you see the mundane stuff that happens, or the poorly written things, or the weird drawings. Yeah, and the Clone Saga has been pretty interesting. Although well, that, that when I like, lived at the time, I lived through that. Well, not the oh, '90s Clone Saga. No, no, I read the whole thing as as it happened. The, I thought that was like in the '70s. Wait, no, no, no. I said the, the original Clone oh, Saga. Oh, the original Clone Saga. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, there's not. I'm not gonna buy a trade of the '90s Clone Saga. I, thought, I don't know. Thought you're feeling extra nostalgic. No. Uh, the, but the, the you know the original were Jackal and yeah yeah and Jackal all that stuff. And so anyway, Stacey. I was reading your Analog <laughs> Ultimate Spider Man. Yes, uh, and it had been so long since I I that is the first the o o five o six Ultimate Spider Man are the first physical single issues I've read. Period. Since I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, just been trades and digital, and I was. The ads are hysterical oh, and infuriating yeah. because most of the time we worked in print for a little while. Uh, they're uh-huh. all in-house ads. Either they're all in-house ads or they're only ads for Spider-Man products. Yeah. And it, they're they're also conflicting because they'll be like Spider-Man business ties and <laughs> Spider-Man pee pads. It'll be like on the, hmm. the adjoining page. So what I had was bidding on, on eBay, a, one yet another terrible birthday present for you. Was the um, 13 inch Spider Man DVD television combination this ugly, <laughs> gaudy, blue and red bewebbed uh, <laughs> television and DVD player with a terrible Spider Man uh, face remote? That sounds horrible. And the reserve wow. was not met. Wow. You son of a bitch. Uh, I hate that. Full screen CRT television and DVD player that looked like Spider-Man? Like, how much were you expecting to get? Yeah, I hate yeah. when people have ridiculous reserves. And they're not even connected. They're just a set that don't oh work my God. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus. Wow. That's a whole Jeez. other thing. So those ads, those ads in Ultimate Spider-Man are cracking me up. And I looked at it like, I think milk is evil. 
How did Milk afford every celebrity ever, every character ever? Well, I think I think it's it's easy positive self promotion. Like I did an ad for the Milk Council. I like, know, but easy. how do they afford to? Every celebrity you could ever think of, from like Bart Simpson to E.T., well, no, have the, done milk ads. I think the point is to do it for free, to just say, I did yeah. an ad for the I, milk. It's just highly um, doubt it. The Dairy Council, my friend. It's just like, how yeah. rich are you people? Yeah. And I, I didn't even get a context of, of that until like after the comic books. Like It's the Fantastic Four in the comics and the Fantastic Four movie. On different issues, smiling with milk mustaches. Yeah, yeah. How much did you pay? <laughs> Milk's not a fucking charity. I'll move on. <laughs> I'll move on. Uh, I know milk ads are. I, I just came to accept them. Like they just are everywhere. So it happens, uh, we man. Were, we were force fed it all through yeah. schools. So. That's how Google introduces uh, a supervillain. My body doesn't like milk. It's been rejecting milk for the longest. Oh, there's a reason time. for that. Yeah. Uh, I also read, or actually, also I haven't, I haven't said anything yet that I did read, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I read uh, the scene of the crime collection, which oh. I hadn't read first time. I put that as uh, uh, the Hank's Corner pick of the week last mm-hmm. week. It was really good, and uh, it's classic. Brubaker and Lark. Brubaker and Lark worked together on. They had a stellar run on Daredevil, but this was the first time they worked together. You know, it was, it's an awesome like modern noir set in the Bay Area. So you know. It had extra reasons to separate enjoy from this the kid. criminal stuff, though. Yeah, yeah, this was done way before. Did you ever give me a, a, a volume of that? Yeah, I might have given you my soft you cover volume of it, but oh, now it's, really it's been recollected and recolored in a new hardcover mm-hmm. edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read uh, Dave and oh, I both yes. read the newest issue of Walking Dead, which oh shit. won't talk about, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's what one hundred four, one hundred five, one hundred five, one hundred five, but it's five one hundred five. But it's building up for the next and, punch it's going to throw and you. And I, I think it's... Oh, was there a series of calm or a good there, fortune? No. It, it There was a lot of revelation there. there was yeah, yeah. One it of was the, needed background. Yeah. Uh, and one of the... Uh, I don't want to be very spoilery, but one of the most like stark single-page illustrations that I've seen in the comic yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And That's pretty spoilery. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, well, you know, it's not like, spoilery at all. I mean, there's usually something that you associate with like a full page illustration, yeah. and then what they do with this one, it's you know, it's it's pretty. It's cool. still like, like whoa, kind of moment. Yeah, but, and uh, obviously they're establishing a new status quo, and it goes really far in doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, then also, uh, I have downloaded, but I haven't read it yet. Uh, on the suggestion of someone else, the uh, the Thunderbolts new Marvel Now story. Was it my suggestion? I've heard it's very good. Yeah, from from you. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, but it's 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 one of those irritating. It's the irritating issues about buying a single issue in the first mm. run. It's just like you're establishing what's going to happen, but nothing happens. Yes, yeah. That's how I felt too with Avengers number one by Hickman, mm-hmm. which was. I didn't uh, read. Did you read that? Mm-mm, okay. I, should I? Yeah, it's good. It's I, good. So I'm confused, and mm. I care. So okay. that's not a good sign. Uh-oh. But I'm confused because what happened to Avengers Assemble? Is that done? No, it still exists. Now it's going to be written by Kelly Sue. But that's also Mc- the movie team. Yeah, that's getting changed. So, yeah. So when Bendis left, Bendis like kind of mm. sewed up every everything from his Avengers. and new... Hmm? Is mighty new, yeah, mighty so, and yeah. new, and he kind of just dealt with all the changes he made. In a lot of cases, reversed the changes he made, right. and uh, 
And not to get spoilery, but you can just look at the cover. Luke Cage isn't on the team anymore. Jessica Jones, not on the team anymore. Spider-Woman kind of shuffled to the back. No. Mike, uh, or, you know, John Hickman. John Hickman has his own guys he wants to make Avengers now. Like the same way Bendis Mm -hmm. elevated Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Doctor Strange and the Avengers. Hickman has his own. I know that sounds so crazy when you say that. Yeah, I just I never ever liked that, and that's why I stopped reading Avengers for like four or five years. I came. I don't want those heroes in crazy huge adventures. But Doctor Doctor Strange has always been an important character, but he's like that periphery character people go to. No, he needs to be. He needs to be a, a tertiary character, but like just the Avengers. I don't know. You don't bust up the Justice League and then staff it with like your other character. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, yeah. Well, it was a weird approach to the, the Avengers. Like, had the Avengers had always been their own very specific thing. Like, they had the trio of main characters, right. and then they had side weirdos like Vision and Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye. You know. Mm. But then when they got Bendis on the Avengers, he's like, no, the Avengers are the Justice League. For Marvel, so they should have Spider-Man and Wolverine. They're the most popular. Yet no thing. And, and then he sure. wanted to tr- play around with other, like he wanted to try to elevate his favorite characters, who are I just the seventies like, dudes. The thing I don't like about, like, no, these are most popular characters, but it betrays the point of those characters. They are yeah. not. They are not team. Like Spider-Man can't be an Avenger because that betrays the point of him struggling. He won't be a menace. Like he's not a. The, like yeah. you can't. Like it just. I suspend my disbelief by the sheer virtue of reading comic books. But even in the canon you're creating, I don't believe that someone like J. Jonah Jameson would still keep saying, Spider-Man's a menace. There he goes with Captain America mm-hmm. and a flying jet to save the world. No, I... D- I and, the fan- and the Fantastic Four. Yes, and everyone else who loves everyone, who everyone loves. It's just like, this doesn't work. Yeah. He can't live in a giant mansion. Like, this just does... This breaks the character. Wolverine also is not going to sit around and play by a bunch of... Like, Wolverine, I don't... Well, see, that bugs me because it You'll requires Wolverine... in the face. Like, it requires yeah. the Wolverine to be on different coasts at all times. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's but anyway, but that's become the new reality, you know. Just Spider-Man's on the Avengers, mm-hmm. but anyway, the the Hickman Avengers, you know, is interesting because it's well, who's uh, on the team. Uh, well, it starts the is that hasn't Cap been decided yet. the The initial storyline starts with the film Avengers showing mm-hmm. up, but then like they get beat hard, and so then. They hire, like, it ends with uh, Cap deciding to hire some new Avengers mm. to expand the roster. And that's just kind of... Didn't resurrect any there. wasps or anything? Well, she's already been resurrected. Yeah? That was one of the things Bendis fixed when he mm. uh, was going out the door. He's like, nah, wasp is back. Here I did not know that. I didn't mean to spoil for you. No, but, yeah. I'm not going to get to those. How many years do they have to re-establish the old Avengers and, or to coincide with the next movie? Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing, too, that the... Uh, like, they staffed up the Avengers with, like, Thor, I think they did, with, mm-hmm. like, Wolverine and Spider-Man, because the Avengers were a lot of people people didn't care as much about as Spider-Man or Wolverine. But now, after they've had that film, like, Thor, Iron Man, Cap, like, they are huge deals. Like, they can carry yeah. their own series. It's pretty. So There's a long stretch of new Avengers where Thor is dead, mm-hmm. Captain America is dead, and Iron Man... Is a Nazi. Yes. And so <laughs> and they had to deal Luke like Cage the, is the leader, and I, I can see the how Avengers that would be. became right. a really weird place. It's yeah. true. Uh, let's see. I guess that's about it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, then news. What's been going on in the news? 
Well, some pretty crazy trailers went up, that's for sure. I, 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 I saw it and I immediately posted it on Laser Time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any... No one really called me on it. I'm like, new Superman trailer, yeah! Uh-huh. And I mentioned it over and over again. And, and it didn't occur to me for days. It's called The Man of Steel. Yes. Yeah. To, like, Please. I watched the trailer three times. Yeah. It, it the, the logo, the name doesn't mm. resonate at all. It's just a new Superman movie. Yeah. Well, they're kind of going with the alternate, like, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. The Man of No, Steel. I get it. It's just like, I, I just don't even want to say it. But it was just cool to see uh, to see more special effects. Like, mm-hmm. they finally they finally had some special effects ready for the trailer. Like, in the, mm-hmm. in the first trailer... They just had Superman just being a dude, <laughs> and then he flew in the sky. And now in this trailer, like mm-hmm. Superman was doing tons of shit. Mm-hmm. He was flying really fast. He was on fire. Getting he was, arrested. He was yeah. punching stuff. And then we even got to see the dude from Boardwalk Empire, Zod. <laughs> Michael Shannon. <laughs> Michael Shannon is Zod. I don't know why that passed me by that he was playing Zod. That dude is one of the most unique looking, most intense looking actors yeah. working. I, I, I know. Uh, just saw a trailer for that movie Take Shelter and like oh, I don't see anything with Michael Chan. <laughs> but yeah, like there's scenes like Superman's getting punched by somebody really strong, mm. which was denied us in Superman Returns. And <laughs> like it's also <laughs> it's taking the it had another interesting bit in it where like you saw Kevin Costner as Superman's dad and it, like, it looked like Kevin Costner was trying. Well, his voice that, yeah. sounded slightly different. He was acting. He was not just being Kevin Costner. I will eventually rule the apocalypse. Uh, but I liked his. I liked that he was saying, "Maybe you should hide, son." Like yeah. it was an interesting take. Maybe on you shouldn't pocket. save people. Yeah, maybe it's not worth the risk. Maybe it's know? for the best. And I do love that. It was the more one of the more creative endings to a trailer. Like they say, uh, mm-hmm. "My existence is in conflict with uh, humanity." Yeah. What do you think? Inception horn uh, release date. I don't know. I love that. Like, oh, yeah. when is it supposed to come out? Next summer. Mm-hmm. I know, but they have an actual date. Uh, date master. I forgot. This is going to matter to you, isn't it? I think it they does. do, but I don't know. Probably it, it, Ju- the the week head. of July fourth. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. It only matters because it could of be early June. because of Iron Man, Star Trek, X Men, and that new Star Trek trailer blew me. The yeah, way. I thought it looked really good. I thought it looked pretty good too. I was expecting Khan though, and it wasn't Khan. I didn't. Well, we they didn't haven't really want. They haven't said one way. The I don't think I'll is. be very disappointed if Cumberbatch is. What's Con, his name? John right? Cunningham or something like that. Gary Mitchell. Is it Gary Mitchell uh, from the original series? No, but they, they announced the character's name. Oh, did they? And it's like it's totally innocuous, but it does seem uh, like the Gary 14th. Mitchell June fourteenth. The Gary Mitchell character you showed me. Can we, t- can we talk about Star Trek on a comic podcast? Yeah, a yeah crossover. it's tangential. Uh, what was the you you sent me that? Like it's not Khan, it's this guy. It's, well, Gary Mitchell in the episode where no man has gone before from the original series, which was then against reference to the first season of Next Gen called Where No One Has Gone Before but the bit is mm-hmm. uh, you know dude goes to the ends of the galaxy and gets crazy powers that make thoughts real uh-huh. and you know he's been slighted by this federation so now he's going to take revenge on them and they oh it's one, one of the old Star Trek the the crew meets God or meets <laughs> well, a God it's not, well it well it, it is and it isn't because it's it's just an episode where a guy gets crazy powers and realizes that humans aren't meant to have that kind of power mm-hmm. because we can't control our thoughts. So 
and that's explored again in the next gen episode, uh, which okay. is also really good. And that's but, cool. But, I think that's but more I, likely I'm, than Khan, but I still don't think it's either one. Is that big scale enough for a movie? Though? Well, it is. If he can make thoughts reality, he can yeah, do anything he wants. Straight um, up Marshmallow Man. But what I'm guessing <laughs> exactly. So what I'm guessing is. Wait, they but they said who the character Cumberbatch is playing? No, they haven't named him yet. They the mo- did name him. No. They literally gave him a name. Okay, but, but the, it's the not, most recent... It's not Gary Mitchell, and yeah. it's not Well, Ricardo the most Montemore. recent I, story I read from him is that he says, like, no, I'm not Khan under a different name, I no. promise. Yes, uh, he, has, he has a name. They said he's a threat from within, so he's from Starfleet. Yeah, which is uh, why I got the game. Well, no, and they and they also they did admit that the woman shown in the trailer, I forget her name. It's the actress. I think is Alice Eve. Data is it Data? But the the woman in the trailer, the blonde woman, is the same woman who is in that episode where No Man Go has gone before. Okay, like so. The it J.J. Abrams lead. I can't. Re- I I definitely want to see that movie. That movie should have come out. Oh. Two, I, I just sarcastically looked at my non-watch on my wrist. But <laughs> it should have come out oh two years ago, back when everybody cared. Like, but it's, it's they waited like, too fucking long, man. It's only been three years, right? But none of these people are even famous anymore. They could they could make <laughs> they can make like an expensive thirteen episodes a season TV show with these people. Like, yeah, and it would have been is, they just got more out of it. What about uh, Simon Peggle? All right, not Simon Pegg. But they definitely cast him. But like Chris Pine is fucking famous. He like, was in Unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zachary. Like Zoe Saldana is the most famous one in the group, and she barely other than Simon Pegg. What about Zachary Quinto, who played uh, Spock in Star Trek Online, <laughs> <laughs> and also a weirdo in American Horror Story? And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I don't obviously know. we know his his career as a film star is over as a as a. As an above the title film star is over since he came out of the closet. That doesn't. Ha- that's not we what happens. We all guys. obviously know that. <laughs> yeah, I just. I mean, I could go on and on about the movie. Yes. It, well, Brett was upset because the Enterprise crashed a couple times. Well, in the no. <laughs> well, one was not a hundred percent that it's the Enterprise. Yeah. Fair enough. But it's also. It's just like I, the ship means nothing to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like you care when the Enterprise crashes and they blow it up in search for Spock because you've watched that ship. For, for so 30 long, years. and you mm-hmm. care. When the Enterprise gets crashed in Generations, you care because I spent seven seasons with that ship. It's a second home to me. And there were actual physical sets that were destroyed, mm-hmm. and that set is now gone. The, well, the next also Generation when you... set is blown up in that fucking movie. And in next... This movie yes. is a giant special effect that means nothing to anyone and can be rebuilt at any time. Well, also in Generations, so I don't care. when you saw the disc crash, that's a model. Like, it's a real <laughs> model. That's actual dirt. It's not a simulation of dirt There's flying up. There's one scene with the ship crashing, and the other one is just it emerging from the water. Well, I also Which liked... I read the first nine minutes. It's The movie starts off with them under the sea. I liked that different... the mo- I liked that the trailer had stuff I hadn't seen in a Star Trek yeah. before, which was like people running like it's in a disaster movie. Yeah. And like yeah. a lot of shots of Earth. Like that Whatever was Whatever the neat. fuck that red plant planet was. Uh, that was like, yeah. that's... That looks kind of yeah. nice. I mean, and maybe it's not, and maybe it's a fake out that it's not crashing. Maybe they're entering the atmosphere yeah. and going underwater to rise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, maybe man, it's not crashing. No, I, read about the I first can't time. wait to see. I can't. I hope they do put Pike in a beep beep wheelchair. That'd be so. pretty good. <laughs> or just like he's in it for like three seconds and then he immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. steps out. He's like, look at this old antique. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that'd be a funny. But guy. technically, that should exist in that timeline. Just because a bunch of dudes died from a Romulan ship doesn't mean yeah. they wouldn't have that same. 
uh, robo chair. It's true, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm curious about it enough because the first season of the original Star Trek is actually pretty good. Yeah. Still, I think it's still pretty pretty solid. High level sci-fi television writing. It's like, just good. It's very clever. Um, season two and three get pretty rocky. Well, three especially isn't that the goofiest uh, one? Three is pretty bad. Oh, okay. So one other thing, one more trailer news that would have been popular two years ago. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Cloverfield 2. <laughs> now, Pacific Rim. Damn, didn't that look awesome, guys? I have not seen it yet. Yeah, oh. we I, yeah. Um, that looked balls nasty. I only just, care just... about one trailer this week. It <laughs> starts with Street Fighter and ends with Mega Man. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an X in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or a cross, I mean. Maybe a cross. Um, but yeah, it's just like Big O meets mm-hmm. Hollywood meets Godzilla. And like that's... And Guillermo del Toro is awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. And only he could make something like... You give that to somebody, anybody who isn't him on that level, presenting that idea like the people in charge of the money would say, well, is this based on something? Right. Oh, no, it's not? No. Go away. There's like So he gets to be, he's one of the few people with permission to be creative. What was this movie he directed? uh, Hellboy 2? Was it Hellboy 2? I feel like there must have been oh, no, he did Pan's there. Labyrinth. He did no, Pan's Hellboy Labyrinth. 2 is post-Pan's Labyrinth. It was? All right. He did Pan's Labyrinth, and they said, we'll make any movie with you you want. He's still got a writing credit on The Hobbit. Yeah, okay, that's what happened. We haven't seen anything for so long because he was tied up in The Hobbit and insane. Well, he was also did he not do The Wolfman or something? No, he didn't. Who's that? Oh, no, um, that was Benicio Del Toro. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm a You're getting a Spaniard mixed up with a Mexican. That, uh... What I to, to, I I wasn't as interested in Pacific Rim until I I saw that I think he that someone was writing I think he's trying to set up a universe yeah to create I, more I, stories I in that. and like I, I, there's no one else better you can trust with universe building than Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro in terms of movies and there's this this behind the scenes special feature in Hellboy two and it's him walking through that marketplace marketplace is like. That's the three, best part three of, the minutes movie, of the movie, really. Yeah. And then, like, he's like, "Now this is a, a, a sandal koozie that the uh, fairies use to put their sandals in when they go in the sauna." Never in the movie is there mention of fairies, a sauna, <laughs> or sandal holder. But the dude made it because he's creating a world. And, and he he'll walk around the set and show you things. They're all on camera for maybe a millisecond, and they he, they all have a backstory in his head, and it's great. I saw the the Pacific Rim trailer was just cool because the the it's giant monsters versus robots, mm. but played real like yeah. or real ish like. And the, Stringer Bell, right? You see with Stringer Bell, yes, Idris Elba, yeah, and that was good. and the literal voice of Glados, yes, the the <laughs> actual voice of Glados doing her Glados thing, and like so you see a giant monster moving like it's it's animated like a kaiju monster yeah, like a with a man shit. inside is yeah, and then. You see this, but you're like, well, I'm used to seeing monsters in the realish, uh, in in a reality type way. What else you got for me? And then, then they're like, well, you don't. They underestimated how man will react to this or whatever. And then they build giant robots, and the robots fight. <laughs> ah, and there's a part where, like, like out of an anime. He ha- like a robot arm gets like jets on its elbow and then yeah, like the, jet punches. It's the, the total <laughs> big O. Like yeah, when the, when the hydraulics go up in the arm and it's just like man, I 
The, just like Power Rangers, all of every episode of Big O builds up to just grab something in the face and discharge <laughs> that entire arm yeah. in his face. Well, there's a good reason why every episode of those kaiju shows ends with them killing something in the exact same way. Oh, man, Big O so is good. It's like ten episodes. Everyone watch Big O. All right. But now for actual comic book news. Yeah. Uh, so I know in the past I've complained on here that I worry that the uh, the world of DC and Marvel, but more specifically DC, uh, they are getting way too corporately run, and the editors are like making way more of the creative calls with the writers, and like writers are leaving books way before they should, and even when they're doing a good job. And so DC has been like racked with a lot of like internal turmoil that's getting really weird. And the worst thing uh, happened, there were, like, a one-two punch last week. And it's also unfortunate that it both happened to, like, high-profile women in the comic book industry, which there are basically seven of those. Mm. And so one of them is uh, a fairly well-known writer, Gail Simone, who uh, she wrote Birds of Prey and uh, the, uh, the Suicide... Well, it wasn't the Suicide Squad. It was The Secret Six which was a really great book, very underrated. Both those were very good. Secret Six was more underrated, but she, like, had a great sense of character. She'd had, like, very interesting, and she had, like, badass fight scenes. She even made a character as stupid on the outside, seemingly stupid as Catman. She made him a badass, like, a super awesome badass. And so she was currently, she even made Batgirl getting uncrippled, Mm. Like she made that work as best as she could. She was dedicated to making that work, and her getting out of the wheelchair. So she's back to being Batgirl now. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, when the DC New Universe started, oh, okay. they were like, "No, this we we're tired of having these all these other Batgirls." Oracle gets her spine fixed. She's Batgirl again. Okay, but and then what? What? And then there's Batwoman. There is Batwoman. That's Who's- the lesbian. And that's the one Sandra with the, Kane. Sandra Kane with the yeah. full face mask. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's no longer alive? No, she's still around. She's she's still being Batwoman doing Batwoman stuff. But now Batgirl is uh, Barbara Gordon again. Who's probably older than Batwoman. Mm, yes, but they've everybody's <laughs> five everybody's five to ten years younger now right, in nice. decent years. But anyway, Gail Simone made all that work. And her book was popular. Batgirl was one of the more popular DC Universe books. It was definitely their most popular one. After Wonder Woman, the, that starred a girl, a lady, a woman, Any, <laughs> a bra, a female, a dame. Uh, and going. now, and and then we find it, it breaks this week in that a new editor came on board at Bat at Batgirl, and like in an email, he booted her off the book. It was like the next issue that comes out, that's your last one. You're done. Bye. Gone. Just out of a job or on a new assignment? No, no new assignment. She's done it. That was her only book in DC, and she was just kicked off. And it was, I thought it was really bullshit. Like, that mm. she she was doing a good job, but honestly, like, she was, I think, I think it was a sign that she wanted to have too much power as a writer, and the editors wanted her to change. They wanted more input on the story. Like, I, I'm betting she was just trouble. As a writer, for and because you've, I've heard, I call her mouthy. No, I've seen many stories of this from like other people who who've, who've left DC. Of mm-hmm. like, I tried to do this story. We agreed upon this story. We said we're definitely going to write this, and then three issues later, no, you're not doing that anymore. We we changed our mind. Do complete rewrite, and then they say no, completely rewrite this too and this. No, we changed our mind on this too. Like it was. That just sounds terrible, and that's why you keep hearing more and more of people 
who are good writers. Mm-hmm. It's more so writers than artists, but uh, good writers who eventually just go, now nah, I'm going to Image or some other place. I'm doing my own creator on stuff. I'm sick of this. But So there was that at DC. So it's the 90s all over again. Well, and that's the other problem. That, that's the other side oh, of it being sorry. the 90s all over again at DC is that their, edi- their EIC mm-hmm. is, zero hour? is Bob Harris, who was the EIC of the 90s yeah. at Marvel. I know the name. Who was, who was, and Scott, and he's, he keeps hiring 90s Marvel writers like Scott Lodebell and uh, Fabian Niceweezy yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and Howard Mackey. Wow. And those guys weren't awful for the 90s standards, but... <laughs> They ha- they need they haven't caught up. Ugh, it's just mm. sad. And then they lose one of their best writers on their best books. Then on top of that, they're like uh, at Vertigo. Vertigo it, is like changed comic books in the nineties. Like it was, it's DC's mature imprint. They had like tons of grown up books. All the won all these awards. It was never a great seller for DC, but it, it got them so many accolades. It didn't really matter. They could afford to lose a little bit of money getting all this these honors. Mm-hmm. So then, like they've been having trouble since uh, Warner got more interested in DC and turned DC into DC Entertainment. Right. But the person in charge of Vertigo, who'd been in charge of Vertigo since the early '90s, Karen Berger, had done her best to protect Vertigo from all that corporate bullshit. But more and more, the corporate bullshit was coming in, and when they changed presidents, like she was getting more of it. She had to answer to Bob Harris. And then you started notice. I started noticing that like Vertigo is getting less and less good books, and the kind of books that would have been pushed, pitched to Vertigo are now being published by like Image or Dark Horse. Mm. Hmm. Was Vertigo doing the new Watchmen? Uh, no, but technically no. But that's part of the initiative that they never would have done before. Like mm-hmm. they wouldn't have done New Watchmen in old DC. Mm-hmm. But so Karen Berger finally just like threw up her hands, like no, I'm done. Like it just finally left this week, and I. Like it makes me just sad. It I, I think she was the only one who was interested in keeping Vertigo alive there, and I think Vertigo will just be like dead soon because they they're canceling Hellblazer. Wow, the, the like which has been around for three hundred issues. It was the cornerstone of Vertigo all this time, but now DC is like, now nah, we want John Constantine in regular DC books. Cancel that. It cancels Swamp Thing. Those are both regular DC now. Huh. I guess DC wanted that burger to go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, but she's the she's the type of influence you only hear about when they get fired or something. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty uh, condemning. Sign. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe there's some other stuff going on, but yeah. If it's, she if she was like the last line of defense, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's just sad, and just she'd done so much work, like shepherding these so many great series: Sandman, Preacher, yeah, yeah. Scalped, Fables, Hellblazer, all these amazing series. Like, and and the like, she was one of the. You may remember Chris if you read that interview with Alan Moore, where he's mm-hmm. like, "I I only trusted one person at DC, but then I stopped trusting her too." Like, Karen oh. Berger was the last person he trusted at DC. Like, she was the only straight shooter oh. until eventually he got too too paranoid to even trust her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a down note to end the news section. Does but, he live in a bomb shelter or anything like that? Or? Well, I, I don't know. <coughs> I bet in a cave somewhere doing Gnostic, Gnostic magic. Gnostic? No, I'm sure, Gnostic. I'm sure it's, oh, it's like one... Wrong word, a paved living room, but just made of stone, lit by candles. 
Well, I don't know. No, him and his wife have to do weird sex stuff. Together. That's right. His beard. His beard looks like you can't walk around with a bunch of exposed flame. Does well, he? Does he get like constant money from the stuff he wrote? No, no, he's ago? actually deferred money. Like for when they made movies of his stuff, he was like, "Just give it all the artists. I hate this shit." He's right. still doing League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah, I'm and sure he's fine. Yes, I'm sure he's fine. All right, when we come back, a new feature. What? And also your answers to last week's question oh. of the week. And what, Chris? We'll come in with a special song. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis, uh, issue number 37. Always appreciate your listening, so thank you very much. And if you like us and want to give back, there's so many ways you can do. Uh, Go to lasertimepodcast.com. That's our homepage. That's the home of us. And not just Cape Crisis as a podcast, but the Laser Time Podcast. The Cheap Popcast, all about uh, pro wrestling. And VG Empire, all about video game music. And if you want to give back to us, there's a button on the left-hand side for donate. You can give us direct donation of any money you'd like to help us out with. There's also the t-shirt store where you can buy t-shirts to give us a little bit of money. Then, uh, if you'd like to help in a way that's even smaller, on the left, on the right-hand side... There are links to Amazon where you can purchase things off Amazon.com. Anything you purchase through that link, a little bit of what you spend goes to us, and that really helps us out. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Zoom Marketplace, please, oh please, give us a good review. Give us a five-star rating. All of that helps us in our ranking and adds our uh, ups our visibility, makes us more famous. So please, if you can... And last but not least, it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. All right, so I know I suggest Spider-Man a lot, and yet I'm going to suggest Spider-Man again. So you've heard us talking about the crazy shenanigans going on in Spider-Man 698 and 699. Well, if you'd like to see what was happening in Amazing right before that, including the 50th anniversary storyline, go and pick up the Spider-Man collection Danger Zone. And that it collects the three-parter alpha story that involves the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man. And then also the really cool four-part Hobgoblin storyline, which I really enjoyed. You've heard us talk about it on the podcast recently. So pick this up. This is everything that happens to Spider-Man right before the crazy event at the end of 698. Or that starts in 698 and ends with 700. And so pick that up. The link to it is on the page for Cape Crisis. And that's it. So... We'll take you back to the show. Avengers Assemble! Would anyone else care to challenge me? That's what I thought. DJ, drop a beat.
All right. Who likes hip hop? Yes, it's a shame. I declare, Mr. Lord, you all complain. I laugh when you ask why I wear the mask. I'll explain. It's because I'm vain. Yes, that's my name. Say it to him, what's the name becomes a name? Of course, something my plan lacks gain. If you say it to my face, I'll crash your blade. What I say to you Right. Okay, bring us back. Thank Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I, I, I don't even have a reaction. Uh, it's it's just much funnier if you watch it with the video because it, it is all Dark Knight Rises footage. And I, I knew talking that into a speaker. we talked about this a long time. It, it's very easy to uh, modulate your voice and you can put anything over any Tom Hardy scene as Bane. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so guys, uh, crash your plane. We said we were going to do a new segment this week, what? but but we lied. Nope. Yep. Did we? So goodbye. So what you reading? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's start over again. <laughs> what have you been reading? No. Now, uh, all right. What are we talking about? Why it's uh, superhero spotlight. Superhero spotlight. Except in this case, the supervillain. Super spotlight. There. Alright. Yeah, Super Spotlight. So, uh, we're going to give this a shot here. I think it'll become a regular segment where we will pick one super or one comic book character to talk about every week Mm -hmm. and uh, just go into some detail on their history, their motivations, their origins, all that. Because there's certain certain superheroes, like, I'm very familiar with the superhero universe uh-huh. but I've been out of the game for a while um, some characters I never like I had Marvel cards and I knew them from that I know their milestones but I don't know them at all and especially the one I think Brett wanted to talk about this week uh, yeah so this was just like for no particular reason I just randomly thought of Mr. Sinister <laughs> and Sinister. I thought like with his blue lipstick yeah I just thought like I want to talk about Mr. Sinister <laughs> and what's up with his cape yeah, it's more like feathers. Or it's something. so weird, but so. like, uh, and I just thought, like, when was the last time he even did anything? I, well, and I, and I, I had just, his card. I don't know if I ever read anything with him in it. Yeah, I've read very little with him in it, but I just thought it'd be fun to talk about. So, Mister Sinister, who was later be would later be revealed, his name is Nathaniel Essex. Mm-hmm. Um, he first appeared in Uncanny X Men two twenty one. You have to look that up because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But he was created by Chris Claremont, who was you know very iconic. Uh, the X Men writer the for like twenty for, years, yeah, and you know all the crazy like hyperbolic giant walls of text stuff that happened he was in the X Men. Famous for that, and it's like when you go back and read it now, it's actually charming. Like it, yeah. it got nuts by the time. You by 91 or so. Well, by the time you flash forward, especially into like Executioner's Song, which was oh, yeah. Strife trying to assassinate Professor X, and Mr. Sinister was involved in that a little bit, uh, it gets absolutely impossible to follow. Uh, but the, the bit with Mr. Sinister, it, it, when it was first revealed, it's just this weird dude in a, like in a metal suit, but like stark white skin, a jewel in his forehead, black lipstick, <laughs> and sharp teeth, and a giant collar. Not a robot. He's not a robot. Not a robot. So what's weird is like he just looks so bizarre. Like everything about him is super. He weird. looks like Vision. Nah. No. <laughs> yes, he does. He it's fucking what? jewel in his forehead, slightly metallic arms. Oh, you just see everybody with a jewel in their forehead. Oh also, Jesus! Now if, if he doesn't have wait, Vision doesn't have metallic arms. He's wearing he's wearing clothes. Ah, so uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I so, don't want to defend this point. Um, but kind of the bit uh, with him is like. 
He's all about gen- genetic manipulation. Mm-hmm. And his Which is why he loves mutants. He loves mutants because it's very interesting to him. So, like, the bit was... Uh, his kind of grand scheme was to trick and through his own machinations over years and years because he's effectively immortal and I'll get into why uh, um, but like <laughs> don't you worry uh, but he'll uh, the bit was like he wanted to have Cyclops and Mary, uh, Mary Jane Jean Grey have a kid mm-hmm. and he believed through just very, various genes and, and uh, culmination of whatever that the son they would have would be like a, per- a, a perfect yeah. specimen and that could be kind of his end result and that kid would grow up to be Cable. a baby sent to the future to grow up in a post-apocalyptic future who would come back to our time mm. as Cable. Cabal. With a techno-virus. With a techno-organic virus, um, which is a whole That's other... That's a result of Mr. Sinister? Yeah. Because huh. Madeline Pryor gave birth to her. But so Madeline the... Pryor was uh, a clone that, that uh, Mr. Sinister made of Jean Grey, and Madeline Pryor posed as Jean Grey for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then became the Goblin Queen, and that's how Inferno started, which I mentioned in the last episode about the crossover, <laughs> crazy crossovers that didn't have their own book, yes, like Acts of Vengeance and Inferno, which was a big, big crossover in the eighties, uh, late eighties, and uh, yeah, so so he's always just genetic manipulation, but he also mm-hmm. does have a specific, uh, and I don't know if they ever explained why, a, a very strong weakness to Cyclops' optic blasts, like he really can't deal with them. Yeah, However, it's very weird. Um, so he, his other powers are like telepathy, telekinesis, uh, super smart and genius level intellect about biology and gene manipulation. And that's what he just wants to do. He wants to direct the path of evolution. And like it said, like he cracked the genome in the early 20th century and then gave that information to the guy who would eventually become the high evolutionary who, if you were reading uh, recently, I would say, what, uh, Annihilation Conquest. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much the last time he, he popped up. He showed up in that in a, in a cool, in a cool, interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but also, but uh, to talk about that, that involves the Knights of Wondergore. Yes, but uh, so he also <laughs> um, uh, can regenerate from just about everything. So how the bit is, how did he become this way? Uh, so it was revealed later because uh, a lot of this stuff he just showed up and they didn't explain. He who was he one was. of a. Three dozen mysterious X Men villains that, yep. ne- that their whole point, much like Wolverine's origin, yeah. the whole point was that they would never be explained seemingly. So yeah. they held off for it's a while. It's just like back. he looks absolutely ridiculous. He's an, he's an evil man for purposes. Why? To make evil Which, robot. Imagine uh, Colossus and Dracula. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's a better. That's yes. pretty Thanks, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks that's, for your acceptance. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, but apparently, as uh, he ran into Apocalypse way back when, in like the 19th century or something, or 18th. But the point is, Probably he's, 18th. he's very old. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they've connected him with Apocalypse. Oh, wait, here it says um, Nathaniel Essex, a scientist from the 19th century, made a pact with uh, Apocalypse to become virtually immortal. Um, it's furthermore established Mr. Sinister created Cyclops and Nathan who became the time traveling soldier cable which I already mentioned all that this is from the wiki but that's well, the stuff I knew wasn't, he was in charge of the orphanage that Cyclops and sta- lived yes. at right? so that's when they also revealed like they he was kind of from behind the scenes directing Cyclops' life so that he would get with uh, mm-hmm. Jean Grey slash eventually Madeline Pryor there was also the weird bit that he knew there was a third Summers brother that uh, like there is, I, I remember where just oh. basically as a, as just an aside, he's like, oh, there's a third Summers brother, and for like ten years, it was just like, who's the third Summers brother? This right. is weird. And then they finally 
in the story Regenesis, they introduced the third one who became uh, uh, the villain in, in, in the War of the Kings, the Annihilation thing. The, the one who took over the Shi'ar Empire. Mark Summers? Mark Summers. Mark Summers. Uh, I don't remember. I read War of Kings. I don't yeah. even remember this. It's, it's hard to remember. Uh, not it was the one that took over the Shi'ar Empire. That's all I remember. Uh, well, I don't remember. Anyways, uh, but yeah. So, oh God, one of the things uh, you ever think about how hard it would be to is it family or a woman to hide a baby, secret <laughs> brother. So it could happen, especially if he's younger. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> belly big. Let's say it no heed, child. I would. <laughs> <laughs> like to point out that Mr. Mr. Sinister did have a group of professional hitmen called the Nasty Boys. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a cheap podcast tie-in. <laughs> I know. That's why I was really confused. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty silly. Uh, um, I also I want to mention the ultimate Mr. Sinister. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I thought he was kind of cool because they introduced him. He's just a guy who worships... Apocalypse, which to them the X Men meant nothing, mm-hmm. but he was out to kill X Men, and the only his only power was he couldn't be mind controlled and he couldn't be filmed. Like so, filmed? Like uh, yeah, a, fil- a camera wouldn't film him. Like Sasquatch. So, <laughs> like so, he could get through any security, and basically they just did it. So hey, it's a guy with guns who can break into the X Men's mansion and beat up Charles Xavier and that's all he does like he has this really like scene of like great cruel cruelty where he just goes uh he just grabs uh, Xavier out of Cerebro he's like nah that mind control stuff isn't gonna work on me now it's time for you to face your worst enemy stairs and just throws him down the stairs (laughs) throws him down the stairs yeah I mean that's terrible um, and he's but, just a dude with guns. Like then, apparently, at some point, I don't know when, but uh, he was killed by Mystique, um, who pushed his face on Rogue, who at the time her powers were so jacked up that it would kill anyone immediately. So that apparently killed him. Um, and then I didn't even know this part. Uh, there's an image on the wiki of Miss Sinister. Oh, uh, oh I that's happening right now. Is it? Yeah. Who appears to be dressed Where? in what leather was left over from making a leather suit. <laughs> um, and well, just so, absurd proportions and is like kind of the embodiment of what I absolutely hate about comic book Well, art. so this <laughs> is the interesting post-Avengers rev, uh, versus X-Men revelation they had where... They could be they could be implying that it's gonna be used as an out to explain why Cyclops was crazy. It's because okay. like they uh the Avenger or the X Men on Utopia hired this new lady to be their um like press liaison. Mm, right. So she was always around, like telling them to do things. Mm. And then she visits him in jail and he's like, What are you even doing here? And then she like then like flips the switch or something, I don't know, and then she just turns around and she has Mr. Sinister skin color. Yeah, the jewel is in jewel her, head. On her head. And then, like, Cyclops was like, holy fuck. Like, so it could be she's been manipulating him all this time. Huh. Just, and that be would explain nice. why he was extra crazy. It'd be nice not to have Cyclops go away. What what comic is that happening? Already, that was, was in, in like uh, repercussions or what are those like eighteen? It was in one of the X Men books, X- post Avengers vs X Men. I forget which. Mm. I'm sorry. I'll look it up. Uh, so Claudine, her name was uh, Claudine Renko. So just reading, 
approaches Gambit in X-23, the latter having left X-Men's base to strike it on their own, seemingly asking them. Claudine at this point seems to be suffering from injuries inflicted by Wolverine's son, Dakin. 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 A near-fatal strike from X-23 reveals the nature of the injury as Claudine's body morphs into that of Mr. Sinister. Mm. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Man, basically, it's a clone that he kind of made to, uh, in, you know, force, to ensure his survival, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have his memories or anything. He's the type of dude to think of that. Like, he's, yep. Uh, uh 2010s. Oh, it's starting to get, uh, during the Avengers versus X-Men storyline, Mr. Sinister has built his own city? What? I don't remember any of I this happening. This. What comic did that happen in? And this is supposedly <laughs> after Miss Sinister. So Miss Sinister was always Mr. Sinister, just re-embodied. Well, now I don't even understand the timeline of this. Like, this is all but, over uh, the place. Sinister Junior? I'm thinking of Pac-Man. All uh, right. Still goes on. Uh, let's Jesus. see. I'm just Cyclops is P. Okay, wait. Baby the threat Sinister? of Sinister still goes on as he had actually at some point murdered Katie Kildare, <laughs> Cyclops' PR agent, and took her to a place in Utopia. <laughs> Being the Sinister... Phoenix Five confronted and killed Ben, just another clone of him. This is a wiki at its finest, gentlemen. Wow. Uh, that's not even a sentence. All right. Well, that's Mr. Sinister. But he was in the X-Men cartoon. Loved, which is, oh, yes. Which is the uh, clip I, I... I loved him in the X-Men cartoon. It was like a whole season where Magneto and Xavier were stuck in the Savage Land. And, oh, God, and Sinister yeah. was there. talking to this clip, Archangel? Uh, well, that first clip's not what I want to play. Oh. 110 is where I want to... However... Listen to that voice again. Are the prototypes. That's fine. The chosen ones. And from your offspring, I will control the future of all human creatures on Earth. So, this is him talking to Jean Grey. Your genetic material will be the foundation. The master bloodline for an unbeatable race of mutants who will be my slaves. And that I shall give birth. To the future. Not just a clever name. So that's... However, this voice... <laughs> As if Sinister was the name of a common thug you could intimidate. You recognize that voice? No. It's Clancy Brown. Sh- is it really? Sure is Clancy Brown. Mr. Crab? Who you also know You're from... Force your- everything? Mr. <laughs> yeah. He's Mr. Crab in SpongeBob. And also Lex Luthor in yeah, the Lex Luthor series. Yeah, Lex Luthor is really? Super perfect. Yeah, that's what I knew him from. Um, and also... Um, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, uh, and you fuck six want to take a dive off this? Is he Striker in the Mortal Kombat cartoon? Uh, oh yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was also he's the goon. He was also the drill instructor in Starship Troopers. This is true. Um, this is true. Well, but the the other voice that we heard before of you will be the master race mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, that is Chris Britton, who was not only Iron Man in all the Marvel versus Capcom stuff. Mm. What? Uh, he was also in. Let's see. Goodwill Hunting as executive number two. <laughs> um, he was in Baybar the movie. Baybar. Babar. Baybar, come on. Baybar. Um, let's see. And a bunch of other stuff nobody watched. Painkiller Jane. How's that? Nope. <laughs> nobody watched that. That was based on a comic book. But uh, yeah. Uh, but that was. I mean, that's kind of my hastily thrown together bit on. But as far as like, if you're going to read a, a key story of Mister Sinister, I do think. Inferno, which again, I don't know if that's collected anywhere. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of his doing. Mm-hmm. But again, he does show up. Basically, anytime Mr. Sinister shows up, you know it's about to get convoluted as hell. Yes, <laughs> he has a... no direct, even though his plan is direct, I'm going to manipulate genes and make a crazy race that but I'll But he's rule. probably been cloning people for like the last it's... 900 issues. And I just like this idea because like I'm getting back into comics and there's certain characters I'm, I'm flimsy. I'm like, uh, 
Quasar, Madam Web. I need to need to get need to do some do some well, research. Well, Quasar here. is now the former Miss Marvel or Cap- yeah, Captain yeah, yeah. Marvel. And it's well, it's all, all that shit is really confusing and a little funny to talk about because yeah. it's a little silly. And then I can finally do finally one day get like do the definitive ROM monologue. <laughs> Space Knight. You uh, know what I prefer to think of Mister Sinister as is the uh, well, artist behind I Want to Rock. <laughs> what? Yeah, Wait, I want to rock the band. Oh, Twisted rock. Sister. Yeah. Oh, is it? All right. Well, are, are they not related? Quiet Riot. No. Twisted Sister and Mi- Mr. Sinister. Uh, Twisted Sister and Mr. Sinister. That, hey, that was a stretch. Uh, All right. Yeah. Try, it's a good hustle. You get an achievement for trying. You're, you're, okay. going, you're running. All right. All right. Yeah. Moving on, then, guys, to the last week's question of the week. So, uh, what's your favorite oh. non-American superhero? Yes. Some people didn't like this one. <laughs> it's a dumb I question. I thought it was too open. I don't agree with you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, going to go with the first answer here first. The Tingler. Making the tough choices. He says uh, uh, the UK of... Uh, he, he says, well, how about all Japanese manga? But if not that... <laughs> If not that, James Bond or Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Not uh, Judd Dredd. Soggy Sage said Banana Man, which I thoroughly oh, agree yeah. with. With Eric eats a banana. Banana, banana Man. Banana Man. Uh, I Eat Children <laughs> says, uh, I'd have to say Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer. Very un-American. That's, He's from the outer space. Yeah. That's pretty good. Cyber mm-hmm. Six. Sunfire. Anybody? Uh, <clears throat> there are too many to choose from. At this point, mm. Thor. Jesus. Psylocke? My name is my name. Anybody say Psylocke? Yeah, she's a British lady who was Japanese. A British lady trapped in a Japanese woman's body. Yes. Buddy. Ninjas transformed her. <laughs> <laughs> they really did to make <laughs> her look Can like Can that be the title of the episode? Yes. <laughs> Ninjas transformed uh, Let's see here. Obviously, a douche says, if it's, not an, if it's not American, I'll go with Cyril Sheldrake. Since he is just Batman, he's Squire, Knight and Squire, wearing medieval knight's armor. And he's pretty cool. I like Knight. Knight and Squire is a really fun and very British series to check out. I don't know. Beeson said Wolverine and called him a knucklehead, which made me laugh. But uh, Elson, you're going to have to come over here at some point and see his avatar image because I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, Wolverine would... Uh, I don't even want to describe it. It won't work. <laughs> What's won't his work. name? Uh, Garth Ennis would often write Wolverine saying... Because he hates superheroes and would yes. write... Wolf- the way you, you should read Punisher, Marvel Knights Punisher with Garth Ennis writing Wolverine. It's hilarious. <laughs> the old uh, knuckle head. He has so much hate <laughs> for superheroes. Man. Get your kicks on Root Snickety Snicked is one of my favorite lines <laughs> he's ever said. Uh, Zeb364 says the Black Panther. Very good. I I love the Black Panther. Skate Lerman says Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. I'm going to have to agree. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. But what about Moon Dinosaur and Devil Boy? Devil Boy. <laughs> and his, his, his signature image is Paul Hogan as Crocodile oh, Dundee yeah. in an NWO hey, no. outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, that slicing it's so thin, it's so good for life, mate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We definitely have to get in the cheap pop. Oh, soon. that's that's good. Uh, let's see. I'll go one more here. But butter business <laughs> says uh, Captain Planet. He's all right. right. Yeah. Uh, let's. Oh, also the Joe says simply Joe says Doctor Doom. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And so then unfair. there's. Urban Garlic with uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, pretty, he's definitely... I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, I'll allow it. I, 
wait, can I nominate a question of the week? Yes. I want to see what people who what people want us to do a little research into superheroes. Oh on. yeah, that was the question I was going to ask. Oh, okay, sorry. Who would you like to see in a future super spotlight? Yeah, like a, there's I'd love the idea of just giving us the name of somebody and us going And we'll do the research, the we'll it. explain it. Well, then And Henry Henry has a giant catalog of I just am looking for an excuse yeah and I am too I'm just I'm dying that that, that I'm reading comics every day and there's I'll still encounter people like yeah. I don't know who the fuck you are yeah why uh, and that's why Brett and I look at you with disdain yeah alright shut up alright so answer that to in try, the, I guess. Answer, us, answer that in the forum lasertimepodcast.com click on the forums button in the upper left hand corner and I guess that's it, guys. Let's, let's we, plug shit. We had, well, let's see. First off, I want to plug uh, Cheap Popcast, which we'll be recording oh, very soon. And that's, uh, I love the logo. Such a good logo by um, our... Brian E. Ward. Brian E. Ward. Thank you, buddy. Beautiful man. Uh, Chris, I think I know what you want to plug. But let's ask Brett first what oh. he wants to plug. Uh, VGEmpire.com, Game Music Podcast. We'll do an episode soon. Find a link on the Laser Time Podcast Page. It's all about yeah. game music. The last episode was F Zero, um, which was Super NES, and I was on that, and F Zero X, and uh, as well as uh, F Zero, the GBA games. So not just GP Legend and Max Fossey, but also a bit of Climax, and of course the anime song, which is the best Falcon Punch. Ever. <laughs> the Fal- I think we have the Falcon Punch sound effect in there. The Falcon Punch is that the one where the uh, lady punches the other lady at the PTA meeting? No, <laughs> oh. I know exactly what you're talking. Okay. About. <laughs> This is uh, uh, where he punches and the galaxy blows up. Oh, okay. This is much more important. All right. Rudden? Uh, yeah, the, the uh, yeah. chat poop cast. Yeah. yeah. Give it a listen. If you like wrestling or don't like wrestling, please listen also. You gonna, yeah. I, I thought you, you, Dave, you were going to mention the shirts. Yes. You can buy cheap podcast shirts. Yeah. At no the, biggie. Uh, yeah. No, but at, like we just added a bunch of shirts, including lazy ladies tees. Uh, and Brian tees. even went out of his way and created a Yo Yogi inspired uh, T-shirt based on last week's Laser Time conversation. Uh, uh, good the stuff. Finale, the, the stirring finale of uh, shitty yeah, live action movies based. That on was TV one of my cartoons. favorite episodes. I think it makes for a great four-hour listen. Like you son of a bitch, it's only two <laughs> hours. I think two it's hours closer together. to three. No, it's just you lived it across two weeks. You're wrong. No, but I, I, I am a bit of a t-shirt aficionado. And yeah. I was I was very enthused to see the amount of new Dude, t-shirts. Dude, Brian Ward, that logo is dope. I love yes. it. I love and it. And then Chris. Oh, Laser Time uh, podcast. Please listen to that. Please tell a friend. Please review on iTunes. And then check out Cartoon Christmas. Only a couple more days left of that. We're halfway through. You're almost to 100. Yep. Almost to 100. And I think people will find something written by not <gasps> you, instead written by me. Oh. That's I actually haven't written uh, something. all and of it this year. And Dave. I haven't yep. written all of it this year. I've had a lot of help from people, and I really appreciate that. Mm. Uh, it's been... We might really? close out the uh, original Nicktoon trilogy. Ooh. Oh, oh look at that. That's, That's right, yeah. That's good. a good tease. Yeah. And somebody's going to say, no, oh, he's probably talking about Rocket Power. Rocket Power. Rocket yeah. Power. Mm. All right. All right, guys. Well, until next time, this has been Cape, Cape Crisis. Crisis.